Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Luca here with the Vigor Life Podcast, and today we got some special guests because they came down and did a seminar, so we were like, look, we're going to snatch them and, and make sure that they do the podcast as well and give you guys a lot of value. It's two really smart guys, like ones that I look up to, um, Tony Gentlecourt, Dean Somerset from, uh, from Canada. And from Boston, so we're from all over the world, right here, Slovenia. You know, I still rep <laughs> Slovenia here, uh, just so you know. But um, we're we're gonna kind of go all over the board, but definitely dig into you know, I would say these guys' expertise, which is it's way more than that. I don't want to put them in a box. That would be that would be the wrong thing for me to do. But uh, for we had a, we just had a shoulder and hip seminar. We're gonna talk training. We're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk life a little bit. We're gonna talk about what makes you successful in a fitness industry, but also just in general, because I think there's a lot of things that kind of uh, are, are connected. So, uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for thanks you know for, for coming us. down yeah, and, yeah. and snatching. Yeah, thanks, 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 thanks for hosting. For oh man, it's, it's my pleasure, man. I'm, I, I I'm know feeling vigorous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> vigor ground. Keep here. keep saying, let's brand it, baby. Let's brand it. <laughs> if you throw it in a couple of times, we're good. Yeah. We'll have vigor ground energy drinks here next time. But um, <laughs> vigor. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll start off by uh, you know first of all, like you know, I, I love what you guys do because you work with. This is what's really important to me, and we talked about it we were kind of uh, driving at the restaurant is you guys work with real people in the real world on a day-to-day basis actually yeah. like you know dean you're saying that you're, you're training you know 40 45 hours a week which actually surprised me yeah. in, a, in, a, in a great way and tony you're also you know training a lot still yeah. uh which i love i absolutely love that because it's kind of like a different conversation than the theory mm-hmm. now we love theory but i love when it works in the real world um so i'm gonna start and i'll just kind of uh you know we'll, we'll, we'll go with dean first but you know, I'm, I'm huge on not just the this works, but on the behavioral change side of things, yeah. right? Like, how do you get, okay, this is what's going to work, but how do I get the person to do it? Yeah. So, you know, with the with people that you're working with to get results, you know, whether it's moving better, getting stronger, um, you know, losing fat, just body composition changes, you know, just touch on what, what do you find that has been a huge kind of like aha moment from the, you know, from the time that you're like, all right, behavioral change is big. What do I need to do to help these people change besides the X's and O's of training and nutrition and all these different yeah. theoretical things? Well, I'm kind of in a fortunate situation because most of my clients get referred in from an outside source. So like a physical therapist, a chiropractor, a doctor. So those people have already kind of pre-sold the person to get them in front of me. So they've said, you know, go see this guy. He's going to be able to help you out. He costs this much money. You got to be able to be able to show up, pay for it all ahead of time. So when they come in to see me, they're already kind of bought into the program before I even have to say anything. Um, beside that, they might've been following me online or something like that. So they know that I can help people with certain aspects of things really well. Not to toot my own horn, but I do seem to get pretty good results out of it. You do seem to, yes. Seem to, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I won't slap you on the shoulders again just that quickly. But but then part of it's also just, you know, how do you build rapport with the individual in front of you? And how do you relay confidence that you know what you're doing and you're going to be able to help them? So in the matter of an assessment, if I go through a history with somebody and, and I can say, okay, here's where the problems that you have are. Here's what I'm going to do to fix it. Let's try some stuff out. And I'm able to show them an immediate improvement in one way or another. That just adds confidence to their mindset that I know what I'm doing. 
do and I'm going to be able to help them. And then when people start seeing immediate results, they start thinking, wow, what else can I get from this guy? Can I get him to help me lose five pounds? How quickly can we do that? Or how well can I move and pick up my grandkids on the weekend? Or can I shovel snow or do anything like that? I know Seattle doesn't really shovel snow that much, nope. but you know, <laughs> I'm sure you've heard of it. It's there's a legends of it happening. Once I feel like five I saw it on years. TV. There's a, there's myths and legends of it. But. Yeah. You go up to Mount Rainier and once in a while and just kind of grab a handful and throw it down in the street, right? This is what this is. <laughs> but you know, touching, touching what you said, I, I just like this a lot. One is trust, right? Two is you do have to, like, you do have to show people measurable results yeah. at the beginning. Um, but what I really liked that you said during the seminar, during the question, you say, Hey, what do you do if a person is like, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. And, and you said, well, you, you give them a choice. You don't tell them to do it. You're like, well, try this and try that. How does yeah. that feel? Well, if this one, this one feels better, just go with that. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that's a, a humongous part of it is like the autonomy, right? The choice part where we're working with the person versus mm-hmm. like, even, even though you're an expert, right? They come, the people come from to help you, you still uh, help them. I should say, you still go like, well, look, here's some choices. What do you want to do so that they're empowered to do it? And like, oh, okay, Absolutely. so I can, I can pick, I can yeah. pick which food I can eat. Yeah, sure. You can. Yeah. And so a lot we, of that comes down to them just saying, okay, well, if I give you choices on different things, like if I say, well, we can do a squat or we can do a deadlift, I'll tell you why they're both good exercise, but which one do you want to do today? Then they have that ownership of the program. It's not me telling them what to do. It's them deciding what to do. And that goes a long way in terms of any kind of behavioral change. If a person takes ownership of a decision, no matter what that decision is, whether it's like, I want to eat broccoli for dinner tonight. Okay. Well, you want to eat that broccoli. I'm not telling you to eat it. You want to eat it. That means you're going to do it no matter what. And if that person says, I like doing this exercise, I'm not going to tell them not to do it because they like it. So they're going to see a little bit more of a benefit from it. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going back to this because I do think it's so important. I think it's important both for the person that's listening, that's trying to change and and, and working Mm -hmm. on change, as well as the, you know, the coaches out there listening that, because I still see too much of this. I don't know. You guys tell me if you see this a lot, right? It's like, well, we're the experts. This is how, like, th- these are the macros, this is the meal plan, and this is the training program that you're going to do. Yeah. Capiche? You know what I mean? It's just like... Well, I think it, it comes it, down to it. It's, it's not about us. Um, it's about them. Yes. And, and, and that, that lack, it comes down to reactants. So uh, I was at a seminar a couple of weeks ago with Mark Fisher, and he talked about building culture and why he's been so successful with building culture with, with his brand and his gym. And he referenced, you know, a few years ago with mayor, uh, former mayor Bloomberg of New York City, where he went, it's like, we're, I'm, we're never going to, we're not going to allow any more 16 ounce sodas. Like, and <laughs> it was like a market disaster. Like, yep. like consumption went up because people don't like being being told what to do. They love being given a choice. Yes. So um, as Dean alluded to, like if, if someone comes in and it's like, hey, we got squats or deadlifts, what do you want to do? I want to do deadlifts. And they're going to they're going to be so much more uh, willing to to work hard that day or they're going to be more into their workout. Um, I mean, I've, I've gone to the point where I'm working with a client and at the end of a set. I'm like, man, that looked easy. How, how about we feel? What do you feel about increasing the weight five or 10 pounds? And they're like, let's go for it. 10 pounds. And, you know, I'm giving them a choice. Like, hey, we can stay there. It looked good. It's challenging. But how, what do you think about up in the weight five to 10 pounds and giving them that choice of just building autonomy? They take more ownership of that training session and their programming in general. So, um, you know, yeah, I, you know, I don't think being the militant coach means some do that well. Um, that's kind of like their vibe and that's what they're about. But um, I don't find it being successful 
with a lot of people. Um, You know, I think people respond more to the coaches who have a little bit of empathy um, and a little um, compassion with with, with their training and and giving people a little bit more autonomy and what what their direction of training is going. You know where it really clicked for me, like I got to kind of, you know, bring this up, um, is I was was never militant, but in a sense it was definitely like, well, but this is good for you, right? It it took like stuff in my life to get pretty fucked up and this is obviously a triple X rated show so we can say whatever. Oh, I didn't Uh, swear. Oh, man. I know you listen. (laughs) Let's make this more spicy here, right? Because that word brings out passion. So, but you know, it it took that to happen for me to go like, you know, like why do I do some of the dumb shit that I do, right? And and when go go back to it, even though somebody tells me not to do it, doesn't mean I'm going to change it. I had to figure it out. I have to. I had to have choices. I had to realize what is the be like. Why do I do these behaviors? And it led me to, you know, this whole point of. Man, some people get really good results being more structured and down the narrow, but like majority of people need boundaries. Mm. Right? They just need kind of like some boundaries and rules, like a basketball court, not be on a on a straight wire. And um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that get it, and, and you guys are like in the forefront, you know, uh, uh, explaining this stuff. And, and like you said, Tony, like to give, and, and I, I want to kind of touch on this a little bit. How much leeway do you, you know, go with, you have a structured training program. I think we all write, you know, training programs out in, in blocks. How much are you willing to change it based on what's going on? All the time. Uh, I don't write perfect programs. I mean, I, I feel like I'm pretty good with my skill set and my expertise where somebody comes in with, hey, I have these issues. We did an assessment. Here's what I think is going down. I know here's what your goals are. Obviously, I'm writing a program that I feel is going to get them to that point in the safest, most efficient way possible. But there's so many other factors that come into it on a day to day basis with people, whether they're they had a bad night's sleep or boss is being a prick you know the kids keeping them up they don't feel well you know if they come in on any given training session and i see that they're kind of dragging a little bit you know i got to be able to kind of tweak their program that day and and show them success that day you know that's going to help them give them a good training effect but not um not make them feel like they're going to be dragging ass on the on the way out the door so I'm, i'm constantly like scribbling out certain exercises we're doing this instead because sometimes i kind of overshoot someone's abilities when i write a program and sometimes i undershoot them so if i feel like they're crushing a certain exercise and it's a little, not even challenging i'm like well let's do this instead on the flip side if i see they're struggling with it despite some extra coaching then let's do this instead but but i'm i'm framing it in a way where it doesn't feel like they're they're being told they're failing you know i just say hey we're just going to do this instead i don't say oh that looks like crap and you know, we have, we have to do this now. You know, it's just how you frame it as a coach. That's you, like you, you made a tweetable quote in there. You probably, I don't know if you caught oh, it. Oh, I don't know. That, but show, no, you said to show them success that day. Oh, absolutely. Right. Cause, yeah. Cause it's like you, if somebody comes in, whatever state they're in and they feel successful, like, I think you've done your job in so many different ways yeah. beyond, you know, and the thing is more days of success is going to lead them to the outcome that they, they want sooner or later. Yeah. I I mean, I'm all about showing my clients empowerment. Like, you know, if I can show them any type of success, that's going to, you know, they did one extra rep or allows them to even get close to doing a a squat a little bit better. Um, It might not be a barbell, low bar box squat that we, we would deem as strength coaches that, yeah, we're going to lift heavy stuff. But I mean, if I can show them success of doing a a good looking goblet squat, I can, I can, I can work off of that and and hopefully maybe get them to a barbell squat. But you know, it's just all about 
about those little battles and showing them success on a day-to-day basis. So, um, I, I, and I, as you gotta be an adaptable coach. So again, it's not about, it's not about me. Like, yes, I'm, I'm the coach, I'm running the program, but you gotta be, you gotta be very adaptable to be successful in this industry. You know, I think the best analogy, and uh, like sometimes I just have thoughts, so I just I stop in the middle. I'm, 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 <laughs> but yeah, right back to it. Uh, I, I think the I think I heard this from PN actually, but it's like a coach is a guide, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's like most of the time we're there to guide people side by side. Sometimes you jump ahead and pull. Sometimes you go behind and push. But majority of the time we're just guiding. Exactly. And I, and I think if more people kind of understood that. The, the goal is for this person to get from point A to point B, whatever that is, and we're guiding them there. Don't let the ego get in the way and, and throw it off. The um, big thing to remember is what the definition of a coach actually is. If we're coaching somebody on how to do something, they have to achieve it on their own. But we're trying to show them ways to get there. So, I mean, if you think of a basketball coach, I mean, the best basketball coaches are the ones that teach the, the players as much as they possibly can so they understand what they're doing. It's not, let's just run plays for six hours and let's just bag and run you until you do the lines until your face falls off. It's, I want to help you to learn the game better so that way you can play better and make better decisions when the time comes. So in terms of being a coach, I want to help coach my clients to make better decisions and to understand what their body feels like so that way they can adapt themselves mm-hmm. to a program or to a directive or to a goal set as they see fit. I think, but, you know, too, like as a, as a coach, as a small business owner, like it sounds counterintuitive, but I want to make it so my clients don't need me. Yeah. Right. And you know, it's showing them autonomy and, and they stay. That's <laughs> they're the like, that's actually they're like, a really, really big point. They're, I like, think. Give, they're like, give me, here's my money, take it. You know, yeah. and because it's educating, it's, it's, it's giving them autonomy, it's showing them empowerment. Like, I literally want them to make it so they don't need my services anymore. Because yeah. like, that's the empowering part of it. Right. I mean, and I think there's still too much essentially scarcity, right? Scarcity is like, shit, shit, shit. What if they go? And it's like, no, like yeah. you want to get them to They're a place yeah, where yeah. they, where they can do that because it's like, look, when they go on vacation, I, I love it to be like, oh man, you know, this is a good snack. This is a good snack. I can have this instead of that. Uh, no gym, but I can do hill sprints. Absolutely. I can do body weight circuits. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, they text and go like, Hey, listen, this is what I did today. Like I didn't write them that program. Yeah. They're start, hey, I took my kids to do this, that, and the other. Like that's when you're, I think, as a coach winning and the clients winning. Absolutely. And everybody around them is winning. Absolutely. And and there has to be more of that. And you know, it's kind of is veering off a little bit, but I think this is why it's one, important to have that mindset. But two, why it's also why is it important for you to be successful? Right. I mean, like yeah. seriously, if if you're successful, then you don't have that scarcity mindset of like, oh, I can't refer out. Oh, what if they leave? Because the thing is, like, let's be honest, like nobody wants if you're a needy, like it's like the girlfriend, right? If, if you're a needy person, nobody wants to be around a needy person. Yeah. But if you have confidence in like, hey, listen, I can help you get these results and keep those results. And that's the I think the key part, right? It's like humans are good at you know, losing weight and, and getting something, but keeping it is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. yeah and that um, referral too. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't, again, it's a counterintuitive thought, but when you're, when you tell people like, Hey, I might not be the right fit. I think this person's a better fit for you. That works too. Cause yes. then they're going to, they they don't look at you as like some douchey shady guy that just, is just taking my business to take my money. Like I refer people to other people all the time. We're like, saying like, I don't know. Exactly. I, can't do I don't know. Or very, or three powerful words in the industry. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And then it's like, 
I can find well, the answer. What do you, what do you or, mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? Do people are scared yeah. to say that? So, uh, do you guys know everything? I'm just like a quick question. <laughs> no, I feel like no ask my wife. Ask my wife. She will tell you the answer. <laughs> I feel like I honestly <laughs> don't. I I know I know more than I ever have, but I feel like I know less. I feel than I, ever have I feel it. dumber and dumber every year. Yeah. Let's be honest. And like, it's, I, I think it's a good thing to actually feel right because it makes you. I think one of the driving factors of anybody that's successful is the curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, people say, why do you still go to so many seminars? I'm like, I'm curious. Like, yeah. you know, this, like even, you know, I, I flew in yesterday, but today there was a ton of stuff that I picked up that I was like, Ooh, you know, one was like, I don't do enough of that. Oh, we don't do that. Yeah. Like we could use this here, here and here. Yeah. Boom. I'm, it's already better. The team's here. We have a huddle next week. This is how we can implement it in our team training and this, that, and the other. And it's like, I don't, I don't care who you are. There's no way that anybody is just like, I do all this stuff. Yeah. I got it down. I can't, I can't be better. And, um, you know, so I appreciate obviously, uh, you guys not only for teaching, but for also being open and going like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, say, you know, I, I just say, I don't know all the time. Yeah. I mean, when I, I just emailed about, him when I was talking about the corrective options, I, I literally said, I don't know how this works. I have theories as far as why I think it works, but they, they, they're probably wrong. So in time, I'll probably find out that's the exact opposite of what I think it is, but I'm all right with that. If it winds up working in one way or another and I can at least have a hand in directing it, then I made a dent in the universe somehow. So I'm and, happy with that. And I think in a big way, you know, that brings me to to that whether whether it's you coaching and teaching, whether it's you guys doing, you know, seminars, putting out content, right? You're always and this will kind of all pull together, right? This if you put things out, then you're in a place to be judged and persecuted yeah. and people saying, or on Facebook, right? You, you write something on there and it's yeah. like, hey, you're wrong. And and I think it's the reason why a lot of people don't do things. Like yeah. they don't, they don't, you know, go forward and try to make the transformation or yeah. go for the job or go for shit asking the girl out. I don't know, right? It's like the fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, how, how would you guys say like more so, like, you know, let's talk about just in, in a sense of how it was for you guys starting something that was difficult, whether it was your own business or, or starting, you know, an online business. Yeah. Um, you know, what was the thing that made you go like, I'm doing this? Like, this is, this is the aha moment. Like, is I'm scared shitless, but yeah. I got to do this. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I, if like, honestly, if, if you were to ask my 11th and 12th grade English teacher that I'd be a published author and I'd be like in men's health and T nation, you know, they literally would shit a, a, a Hemingway novel. They'd be like, there's <laughs> no way this, this kid is going to be, could put two coherent sentences together. But it was kind of a natural progression with my career where I was coaching for five years. You know, I knew I had a lot to say. I was learning. It was like, I'm reading other people. I'll be like, oh, I think I could take that information and put it in a way that's a little bit more digestible for a broader audience. And, you know, it, it's going to allow me to get my my name out there to a broader audience to write for an online publication or whatever. So that was kind of a little bit of a driving force is that I knew I had, I, I'd be able to reach more people with, with a certain message, whatever, whatever it may be, but it is very daunting and scary. I mean, I, my first article was published in my blog, 2006, you know, the world in 2006, Instagram didn't exist. I think Twitter had just started. Facebook wasn't really Facebook, what it is now. So, um, you know, it was daunting then, that now you know, it's and, more, and, and, right? and, and look, don't get me wrong. Like there are times it's, it's hard not to read the comments and people saying this is dumb, you're stupid, you don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Um, and you, you you learn as you go to kind of 
you know, fade it out. like, you know, turn the page and don't yeah. let it bother you. Um, you know, and nowadays it's just, it, it is very saturated. Like there's, it's kind of harder to make, you know, Dean and I were kind of early in the game with getting content out, but, um, you learn to, again, just to kind of turn the page and not pay too much attention to, you know, people being obtuse and, uh, narrow minded in, in their comments. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's just one of those things where I felt that it was a natural progression of my career. Would, um, would you say that, because, uh, you know, kind of like the what I'm seeing is the behavior part of it, right? I mean, w- back then your outcome might not have been like, oh, I'm going to write for this per- here yeah. and get so many readership, but it's the behavior part. Look, I'm going to write the best quality content. I can't put it out there if I keep repeating this behavior and keep getting smarter yeah. and better. You get you get better by doing it. Yeah. Plus, I'm, I'm a super introvert, so writing is like my catharsis. Like, you know, like that is like I zone. I'm in, I'm in like flow, the flow state when, I, when I'm writing. Um, so that helped. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's still daunting. I mean, you know, I get asked all the time by, by young fitness professionals, like, Hey, how do I, how do I get better at writing or how do I get my name out there? You do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no Magic sexy, answer. there's no sexy answer to yeah, it. There yeah, really, yeah. there really is yeah. not like you got to put content out there and if it's good and you're consistent with it, people are eventually going to read it and share it and whatever but there's you you either put your foot in or you put it out like you you got you're either going to do it or not and you're only going to get better by doing it i mean i don't even know if there is a better answer than that you just got to do it no i think it's i think it's the the right answer and then people want to make it complex sometimes before (laughs) are you still going to a time yeah, I still got about maybe like ten more minutes. Oh, that. yes, okay. Like a lot. These got to get to the airport. But listen, man, we, you know we care about these guys. Um, but you know, the thing I, I think that people like when we talk about simplicity and complexity, right? You say you know just do it. Like, look, maybe for for the next year you'll write and nobody will give a shit. But after a year, somebody will pick it up and people will start yeah. reading it and whatever. Right? I wrote for yeah. free. Yeah, like, for, I wrote. I literally wrote like for other publications. I mean, for free before I did my own website, anything like writing for a blog, like I wrote for free. I wasn't expecting to get paid, and that I think that's a mindset that a lot of like people make nowadays. Like, hey, what's in it for me? Yeah, like, how, pay months. me. How much are you gonna pay me? <laughs> the like, first article you write is gonna be a feature in Men's Health for five grand. Yeah. Right? Nowadays, like <laughs> payment like, is no. way different. Payment is exposure. Like right. it, is, it isn't even monetary. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. when someone writes a guest post for myself or Dean, like they're getting exposure to like we're, we're kind of vouching for them. You know, we're not just letting any random person write for our, for our respective blog, for our respective websites. But um, they are we're not paying them, but we're giving them, hey, these the these. Yeah, yeah the platform. Exactly. Like, listen, if I I mean, and in, in essence, it's one of those things like I will pay Oprah to be on Oprah. <laughs> a lot of money, yeah, right? Exactly. But it's distribution. And I, I think that it comes back to just like anything, like like if you can focus and, and get focused on doing a behavior of creating great work, the best work that you can at that point in time. And you just keep doing that. Like it's going to like something is going to happen now, whether it's four months from now, six, 12 or 18. My question always becomes like, how many corners are you willing to turn? And I, and I think there's too much of currently there's I think there's a lot of like, well, I'm willing to put in this much. Whereas for me, it's always been, well, I'll turn as many corners as I need to. If that's three years down the line or a year down the line or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just do whatever it needs to be done. And, you know, getting people I think, you know, this kind of runs back. You said, look, I just want to make somebody successful that day. Like if you make somebody successful a hundred days in a row, right? I mean, things are going to happen. They're going to have like more confidence and belief to do whatever, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 
change something in a relationship or get the other job or ask something that they were scared to ask before. And that's why, like, I, you know, I, I love, you know, the reason why I love what we do so much is because we do get to change shit, like legitimately change mm-hmm. stuff. Right. I mean, it, how, how many clients, you know, have you, you coached that you go, you see them transform, but then they're like, Hey Dean, um, you know, I just did some, something completely out of like outside of fitness, but they were able to do it. Like, you get that a lot? Yeah. 975 times. There you go. <laughs> Got it. I'm tracking this shit, by the way. I just two, came up with a number. <laughs> and the average income raise of my clients has been 47,000. No, but it, I mean, I've got a, a lot of cool stories. Like I've had people that go through cancer treatments while training with me and they're able to come out of it. And there's a lot of research that shows that exercise during chemotherapy is beneficial mentally, psychologically, socially, physically, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, just looking at something like that is huge. To have a person go through something that's a massive problem in their life and they're able to even just have an outlet to manage it and then have a physical outlet to go with it too. You can't top something like that. And it's actually a friend of mine who unfortunately had a, I mean, he's like 37 and he was diagnosed with cancer and he's pretty much the the tumors have shrunk to like 20% thing. I know. So Mm -hmm. successful. But, you know, one of the, we talked and I said, listen, man, like, you know, treat your body right. Come in here whenever you want to, but like, come in. I don't care if you can only like do warm-ups for 10 minutes and leave yeah. you're gonna win and that was such a big thing for him because like he kept feeling like he was succeeding yeah like okay i did 10 minutes i won today huge you know today was an hour i felt great the yeah. next day felt like shit yeah. just walked and just did some movement stuff but it's like you were winning yeah and and i you know i think that kind of like the fitness can sometimes be such a great vehicle for people to overcome things and, and gain confidence and belief to then change other things in their life yeah and um, so like leading back to that a little bit, and I'm, and I'm touching on a lot of different stuff because I'm, I'm so big on, you know, last three, four years I've been studying behavior change and neurology and psychology so much because I started figuring out, well, listen, if we can't get people to do this, shit, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, what are some things that you guys do on the, on the, the lifestyle and nutrition end of things when you're helping people out? Um, for, for me, I'm a big fan of like the lowest hanging fruit. So what's the least impactful change that that person can make that's going to be positive? So if that's something like, okay, well, what about if you drink a glass of water in the morning? Okay, I can do that. Okay, great. You've stepped foot into at least one direction that's going to help you get in a healthier mindset. What about if you were to go to bed a half hour earlier? Yeah, you can do that. Okay, cool. Now we can do something like that. So without even worrying about doing like 180 turn on what their diet is, it's just trying to make those small steps that take zero obligation in their life to be able to move them in the right direction. So instead of doing a 180 degree turn, we do a one or two degree turn. And, and if we can do like five or 10 of those small things, they add up. Mm-hmm. Just like you're talking about, if we can get 1% better every day, it's the same concept. I hope you get, I hope everybody heard this. Okay. We've only talked about this every single time that I do this podcast, but you know, this is, this is the tendency, right? It's like small hinges swing big doors, but yeah. how big of a difference it, cause most of the time people come in and like, look, I want to get ripped. I want, and, and it's too much. Yeah. Changing all their stuff is too much. Yeah. And you know, if you go like, look, let's just change your breakfast. And it's like, that's it. Yeah. For now. It's easy. Right. And they're like, yeah, that's easy. Okay. Well then you'll be able to do it for the next three weeks. No problem. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Prove it to me. Earn it. Own it. Yeah. It's almost like what we talk about in the seminar, right? Own this position, earn it, show me and I'll give you more. Yeah. And then it gives them something to work for. Like, all right, I'll show you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and it also just yeah. makes it so that it's not something they have to struggle with either. Exactly. So yeah. the chance of relapse is like neg- ne- uh, next to none. Mm-hmm. So if I tell a person, okay, I want you to have a vegetable for dinner. You can pick whatever one you want. I just want you to have a vegetable, however much you want, however little you want, have a vegetable. 
And if they're used to having nothing but like rice or pasta or pizza or something like that, for them to have a vegetable, it's a change, it's a deal. but it's still moving them in the right direction. Yep. But that's getting them into that habit of, okay, I'm having a vegetable for dinner. If they don't have a vegetable any other time of the day, that's a victory. So let me ask you something, because right now, so we're, we kind of live in this um you know, world where people want this 30 day detox the six week, this. And first of all, like we still do this as front end officers. So we have like eight week and 12 week challenges, yeah. but explicitly explain this is a catalyst, right? Because the, jump the, it's a jumpstart program yeah. because the way that you're explaining what we teach here pretty much majority of the time is like the habit change stuff, mm-hmm. right? Is it takes longer, right? I mean, nobody's going to change in three months and then maintain that change for forever and, and not need it anymore. Yeah. How do you deal with that when you do get people that, you know, go like, okay, look, I got eight to 12 weeks. I need you to help me transform. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, which approach do you take with the conversation that you have with the person? Well, part of it's why is that that time zone there? Like, are you training for something like a bodybuilding show, which has a very finite date or a wedding, which has a very finite date? Or are you just training for eight weeks from now? Because it sounds like a good idea. So if a person's just training because it sounds like a good idea, their emotional buy into that option isn't that high. So two days from now, when it starts getting a little sticky and the workouts start getting really sweaty, they're going to drop out because there's not enough valuation on that endpoint to make them justify sticking it out. So then we got to rethink, okay, well, you just dropped out after day two and you said you wanted to do a 12 week challenge. What's going on here? At that point, it's a matter of, okay, what are your actual values? What are your priorities? How do we actually get you into a mindset where you're able to say, I want to achieve this? And a lot of the time it's having a long game plan. Making sure they're able to say, you know, I want to still be doing this five years from now, 10 years from now, whatever, but making sure that it's moving in a direction of having a better life. If you do a 12 week plan, that's hell. Like, I'm not going to argue about it. Like when you're working that hard, that high intensity, doing a 180 with your life, people are struggling with it and stressing about it. So if I can make it so that it's less impactful on their entire lifestyle and make it something that's a better choice for them, we can do that. But a lot of it comes down to understanding, you know, why is that time frame important to you? So if you got a wedding coming up, absolutely. We're going to hammer it hard. You're going to stick with it because you're going to have those wedding photos the rest of your life. I want to make sure you look damn good in them. If you're going to do a bodybuilding show, you're going to be standing on stage next to naked wearing tanning oil and all that kind of stuff. So let's make let's make it happen. If you're doing it because it's a Thursday, that's not going to work, right? <laughs> you got to make sure that the value behind that goal set is behind what your emotional buy-in to that option is. If it's not, it's just not going to work. I think that's a great point. And getting emotional buy-in, which a lot of times can be like, hey, you know, what's your why? But do you want it to be sustainable? What I've started asking the question now is a lot of times, okay, so what's more important to you to gain gain this result in 12 weeks and then lose it all? Or is it more important to get 10, 20 percent less results, but keep it? for yeah. the rest of your life or keep it sustainable. Yeah. And nine out of 10 times, if it's not like a wedding or something else, the answer was like, well, no, I'm tired of the up and down. Cause yeah. a lot, I'm sure a lot of people you guys see have lost weight, gained weight, sure. had transformed and lost it again. And I think that's, what's important to like, ask that question. Well, like, do you want this for good? What's the long game? What's the long-term plan? Um, and I mean, do you ever, do you ever get to a point where like, where you're sitting with somebody and just go like, this is not the right fit. Like, I'm not going to be able to help you with yeah, what I've you want. I've never fired a client. Uh, I think when I was at Crusty Sports Performance, I can count on one hand. And in, in eight years I was there that where we had to kind of like cut ties with like a parent or it's more so the parents than it was the kids. But <laughs> um, that, that, that's a whole nother story. But, um, you know, it's expectation management. You know, sometimes you got to have like the the heart to heart talk. But like, listen, like, I don't think I can provide what you what you want me to provide. Like, I, I, I 
I just, yeah. If, and, but, but a lot of times too, it's weird. Cause when you say like, Hey, I'm not a right fit. Then I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Like we can make this work. It's like, it's almost like a, a reverse psychology of yeah. like getting them to buy in even more. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to listen now. Like if you tell them Pete did it, Pete Dupuy did it all the time at yep. CSP, where he's like, he'd be on a phone consult, you know, they'd be, they'd be moaning about price points or why this and that. And he'd be like, well, maybe we're just not the right fit. And they'd be like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. We'll when you double. Yeah. <laughs> once you say once you say no to somebody that you like like you're like it's, it, it, it almost inevitably well well it's it's weird it, like I, i'm sure there's some psychological term with that but um People but yeah like being told no yeah and then and then then they're gonna be okay well it's, it's also like here, here I, mean, I think there's a couple of things one is like not being you know told no the other thing is too like the whole needy part of it is like listen like i mean i i think what's important is that you stand for your values so it's like look this is what i believe in you're asking me to do something that's not within what we actually believe in. So no, I don't think it'll be a right fit. Right. I I also know my strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Like I, and I'm, I'm able to say like, I, I am not the right fit for you because I, I'm not very well versed in, in Olympic lifting. For example, like, so if someone comes to me like, Hey, I, I want to learn how to snatch or clean, or, I mean, I could, I could refer them to some, I, I'm, I am absolutely 100% on point with saying, Hey, sorry, I'm not the right fit. If someone wants to do contest prep for a bodybuilding show, Hey, I'm not the right fit. Like I've never done it. So if I've never done it myself, how, how can I expect to be able to relay that, that correct information to them? So there's a little bit of integrity involved. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, and, and that, that does go a long way. Someone wants to learn how to get strong and deadlift and maybe do a powerlifting competition or become more, a little bit more athletic. I'm your man, like lose a little fat, get better shape, like whatever. Um, but I, 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 there's integrity that's with that. And I'm, I'm more than willing to admit when I'm not, when I know I'm not the right fit for somebody. I, w I would recommend that, you know, integrity is such a powerful world from the standpoint of, you know, business or anything in life where you get to a point where you're so confident, like, look, I know what I do. I know what I don't do. Uh, I think that you actually start attracting more of the, the right client because it's like yeah. that that certainty comes out. We we just had it happen where somebody with Olympic weightlifting and like I'm decent at coaching Olympic weightlifting, but we very rarely use it. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, my friend Ryan Reese is excellent at it. I mean, he is like legitimately excellent. You know, he's a little further out, but if that's what you want, you should yeah. go see him. And it feels good because I'm like, you know what? He's going to he's going to do a lot better for him in that area. Than I can. Yeah. You know, and that's, and I think that's important. Well, there was uh, one time when I was starting out where a lot of my clientele had left it for some one reason or another, it was part of the recession that was going on. Um, in Edmonton, it's a very big oil community. So we had just seen a big drop in the price of oil. So people are getting laid off and fired and all that was going on. So my business was cutting huge numbers and I was thinking, well, do I want to stick in fitness or not? So when I was going to chapters, which is sort of like the Canadian Barnes and Noble, instead of going into like the sport and the fitness zone, I went through the business zone instead. So I picked up about four or five different business books and I started thinking, well, training the clients isn't that difficult. Now I got to figure out, you know, how do I get more clients? How do I keep more clients? And I started learning more about like business aspects of things, sales techniques, referrals. How do I actually generate this as more of a sustainable business? And that created like almost a, a 180 flip in my thought process. So instead of it just being like, well, I'm just going to train clients and see what happens. It's more like I'm going to develop a business and actually make this sustainable. So from that, I was able to set up my own website. I was able to do all the digital products that I've done, organize that into speaking arrangements and actually have my own brand associated with who I am and what I do versus just being like a trainer doing what I would normally do all day long and struggle paycheck to paycheck. 
That's a great point. And, and you know, I think what's really important that if people looked in their lives and said, I don't have something that I want in an area of my life, I always go, how much time, energy, and money do you put in towards it? Yeah. And it really, there's only trained and untrained and prepared and unprepared, right? I mean, it's like you go, I went there and I started studying it and things got better. Hmm. Yeah. Right? It's like you want to improve your nutrition. How much time, energy, money do you put towards that or your training or whatever else it may be? Mm-hmm. And it can change your life. And I, and that's, you know, for me, I go like, I want this shit to be better. And then I look at it, I'm like, I'm not really putting time into it. Yeah. This is why it's not better. Yeah. Um, what, what was it for you? You know, uh, it's easy. My wife, when, when, when I met her, hey, uh, points, I, I know, I know I'm one. husband of the year now. <laughs> hey babe. Sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I can keep it short and like, uh, you know, when I met her, she, she's my rock and it gave me a ton of confidence when I met her. I mean, I mean, I think you're the, some of the five people you hang around with. Like I certainly being around Eric and Pete and I me mean, has been great for my career. But when I met her, I remember distinctly Hi. when, when I remember distinctly <laughs> when, um, I was invited for my first like big speaking engagement in Boston. I remember getting up that morning being super nervous. And I was like, babe, I think I think I'm going to call in and say, like, I can't make it. I'm, I'm sick. And she kind of like sat down and talked me through it. She's a psychologist. She has a doctorate in psychology. So she's Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> but she talked me through it because she knew that if I if, if she said, OK, we're going to call in and that would that would be far worse from my confidence moving forward than, than, than sitting in front of 300 people and talking. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing it, did well, you know, and it's parlayed to, you know, doing what I'm doing today, you know, being invited to speak across the country and around the world. And, um, so she, you know, even she's, she's been the one that's encouraged me to write and, you know, pursue other endeavors. And she's, she's like, she's like the person in my corner. Like she would kick anyone's ass who would, (laughs) <laughs> stop me from doing anything. So really she's kind of the one that's been my, uh, help me to be, be I what I am today. I think so. you win, you win the, the, so. the, 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 I think you win the answer here. Everybody else is feeling like shit. Like, damn, Tony. Uh. I know you love Lindsay. Don't yeah, worry. Do. <laughs> but you know, I, like for, you know, great, great answers. And I think there's always big points out of this. Remember like, like that these guys have been in it for a long time. And that's why I respect them because they're still in the trenches doing the work, you know, getting real world results. And, um, you know, any person that that's ever been on this show, uh, you'll rarely see be like, well, I've been doing it for 18 months and I'm just dominating life. Uh, this is not really going to happen. So it's, you know, it is the deliberate practice and, 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 you know, over time, uh, doing the work to get the results. We'd make this a little longer, but then Dean will probably be pissed off at me because he'll miss the flight. My uh, and sa- off too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have to spend more time with me. Yeah. No, no go. Uh, so I, I like to thank you guys. But hey, yeah, before before it. you guys leave, just uh, let everybody know. You know, follow these guys, man. They're putting out like awesome content, a lot of free content. That's amazing. Um, so both, you know, like where can we find more more about you guys? Home base for me is my website. My name, TonyGeneralCore.com. That's my website, my blog, products, services, everything. Yep. My links yep. to all my articles, social media. Awesome. Um, that's the hub spot. Like training in Boston, the, the, it's, it's all there. So that would be the easiest spot. Perfect. Yep. Same for me. My website, DeanSummerside.com. If anyone's ever in Edmonton, in Alberta, especially if it's not January or February, where it's <laughs> colder than Mars, um, come hit me up and we'll maybe talk shop or do some deadlifts. Buy your damn domains. Your name, domain.com. Yeah, damn it. Yeah. Man, figured it out. Yeah. But uh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Go to, uh, you know, YouTube, watch the past shows, go to iTunes. Uh, you know, we're out of here, but I'm so happy that, you know, you guys were able to, to hang out a little longer and stay with us. And, uh, yeah. you know, next time. Peace out. Yeah.